Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Categorically Romance podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Bree. And today we have a very special guest with us. We have author Mariah Ankenman. We are so excited to have you with us on the podcast today. Tell us, how has your 2022 been so far? Um, Well, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Um, 2022, so far, doing pretty great. You know, so far things things are going well. Everyone in my family has been pretty healthy. Amazing books coming out this year. So, so far things are going great. Summer's just around the corner. So, looking forward to that. Wonderful. Well, are you ready to get into some icebreakers? Yes, let's do it. All right. If you came with a warning label, what would it say? Beware puns. Oh, that's that's lovely. (laughs) (laughs) What is one of the first songs on the soundtrack to your life? Brown Eyed Girl, because I am a brown eyed girl. I love it. Oh, besides books, what was one of your teenage obsessions? Oh, theater kid, theater kid all the way. That yeah, is were so you cool. were did you do backstage stuff or oh no were you on stage I was all of it on stage I was on stage I did do backstage I also wrote plays so that's kind of how the writing evolved but uh, my mom was a professional clown growing up so yeah theater kid circus life that, that is, so cool. is a great thing to be able to say about your mom <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but people are like your the mom's fun a clown. Of it all. I'm like she is. She literally, yeah. literally is. Right. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. What is one film or television show you'll never stop watching? Scrubs. Scrubs is my oh. comfort show. I watch it at least once a year. I love it so much. Although Shit's Creek is catching up to it because I love that <laughs> one too. I've rewatched that right. half a dozen times. But yeah, Scrubs forever <laughs> and always. JD and Turk are my favorite friendship ever. I love them so much. I just, I I can, I will, I will just randomly quote things and my spouse will look at me, he'll be like, Scrubs? I'm like, yes, it's from Scrubs. Everything <laughs> in my life is from Scrubs. I love it. So will you just like, bit, like re-binge the entire season or yes. are you like, I'm in a Scrubs mood and you just go to certain episodes? No, I, I will like, I will start feel like if I'm feeling down, I'm like, it's time for a Scrubs rewatch. Start from the beginning, watch to the end. Do not watch the last season. We've all collectively agreed as Scrub fans that that last spinoff season doesn't exist. We don't watch it. Or the like in the teaching hospital. No, that one doesn't exist. We do not recognize that Scrubs. <laughs> the seasons one through. We eight. need a running. We need a running list of shows because I feel like this is the second time we've heard this lately on the podcast of like. That last season didn't count. We need a running list of last seasons that oh don't count. Oh my gosh, count. there's so many. Like yeah. Lost Girl, Haven, last seasons don't count. <laughs> don't count those last Well, we love to hear romance origin stories. Can you share with us how you became a romance reader? Yes. Mine is, I feel like mine is a little different from everyone else's because everyone always talks about how like they would sneak their moms or grandmas when they were like 13. Um, but my mom did not and does not read romance. Um, she also okay. has dyslexia and hers is a little bit more um, difficult than mine. So she's not a big reader, um, but I was always like a fantasy reader as a kid. Terry Brooks, that's what I grew up on. Um, love me some Encyclopedia Brown mysteries, <laughs> super fun. Um, but I was about 25 and I went to the library and I saw a book, a book cover. And I was like, oh, oh, this, this cover. Actually, do I have the book cover? I do. Yes. I saw this book cover. It's 
Dark Side of the Moon by Sherilyn Kenyon. And look at that guy. Like, oh, as a fantasy reader, I was like, oh, this looks cool. This looks, and I read the back. I'm like, ooh, Dark Hunters, Shifters. This looks fun. So I started reading it. And then I got to the spicy scene. And I was like, (laughs) wait a minute. Is this a romance? Is Is this a romance book? And I was like, I think it is. And I was like, I think I love romance. And I just went back and devoured the romance section at my library. Like, I'm not even kidding. The security guards knew my name. I would walk in and be like, hey, Mariah, we got all your books on hold. I had my own personal hold shelf because I would check out like 13 books at a time and they couldn't put it on the tiny shelves. So I was off to the side with all my books. Everybody knew me. I'd like go to the library and someone would be like, oh, if you like that author, you should check out this author. I'm like, no, I've already read all their stuff. I've I've read everything. I just like devoured the entire romance section. Just read I, oh man, it was, I just read, 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 read. I was lucky that I had a job at a museum where we could read if there weren't any customers. So I'd just be at the front desk, like binging like two books a day, checking people in (laughs) back to my book. Oh man, it was was a beautiful time. Um, But yeah, that's how I was, I was a late bloomer in romance, but once I found it, I basically abandoned everything else. Well, from what we can see online, your first book was Love on the Sweet Side with Wild Rose Press. Can you share with us your journey to becoming published and what that was like? Yes. Um, So even though that was my first book published, it was obviously it wasn't the first one I wrote. But I had written actually, I'd written a couple fantasy novels that no one will ever see because they're they're just they're really bad. Um, but I actually wrote Damon Uprising first. It was originally called Dark Secret and had entered it into a competition and it finaled. And then I went to a writer's conference and I was like, whoa, what's all this stuff? And met lots of amazing people with who gave me really great advice. And I started, you know, shopping it around and getting rejection, 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 rejection. Um, but I didn't stop writing. As I was getting these rejections, I just kept writing, you know, more paranormal. Then I started to write cowboys you know shopping those around too and with uh, the wild rose press and other like small presses you don't need an agent to submit you can just straight submit usually on their website they have a form so i submitted love on the sweet side uh, which actually had a different title that we changed it um to them and the one of the editors uh stacy holmes got back to me and was like hey could you you know, fix this a little, fix this a little and send it back, which is what's called an R&R, a revise and resubmit. So I did that. And then she offered me a contract for that book and then the second book and then the rest of the books. And then I submitted the paranormals to them as well. And yeah, so I had actually eight books published before I got my agent. Um, Because as I was working on those books with Wild Rose Press, I was writing other books and still trying to get an agent, you know, so that I could get into the the bigger presses and, and, you know, the ones that require an agent. But um, yeah, it was... I've always had good luck with editors named Stacy. I've had two of them and they're both fabulous. So something about <laughs> editors named Stacy and me that work very well together. I love it. <laughs> right. Well, shout out to all the Stacy editors out there. Yes. <laughs> we are editor fans here on the podcast. <laughs> yes. Well, your bibliography is an incredible mix of contemporary, paranormal, and romantic comedy. So tell us what you enjoy about writing across the different subgenres. The great thing about writing in all the subgenres is if you get stuck in one of them then you can like 
turn to another one. So like, and you know, if like sometimes the romantic comedy just isn't working out, go work on a paranormal. And you know, as you know, the market shifts. So sometimes paranormals are up, sometimes they're down. Rom-coms have their rise and they go down. So it's nice to have uh, a breadth of uh, subgenres to pick from and to be skilled in as well. It's also good to, you know, hone your skills in, in a bunch of different ways. That way, if a publisher says, hey, we're looking for this, could you do that for us? You could say, yes, I can. Like in theater, when they say, hey, can you ride a horse? And you go, yeah, I totally can. Then you run out of the audition and look up how to ride a horse and take some horseback riding lessons. Always say <laughs> yes and then figure out how. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In 2019, you released book one in your Mile High Happiness series, The Best Friend Problem, which is part of Entangled Publishing's Love Struck line. Can you tell us about your journey to writing with Entangled? I love Entangled. Love you, Entangled. This was this was really this is a really funny story. So I actually submitted a different book to them during a kiss pitch event on Twitter. So they liked the 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 pitch and they're like, send us, you know, the book and the synopsis. And it was part of a series. So I sent them the book and the series synopsis and um, mm-hmm. and all of that. So uh, they had the book for a while. And then I that book that they had my I signed with my agent with that book because I was still sending it out, you know, on submissions. And my agent, you know, called me up. She's like, I love this book. It's it's wonderful. I think that, you know, you and I would work really well together. Let's chat. We had the call. It was amazing. Love my agent. Love you, Ava. So I signed with her. And then literally three days later, you know, I let her know it was out with Entangled. Three days later, Entangled gets back to me. And they're like, hey, we love your writing style. We love your voice. Um, but we like the idea for the second book in the series better than the first. And so I'm like, Ava, Ava, help. <laughs> so I got my agent in on it. And we were like emailing back and forth. They're like, can we have the second book? And I'm like, oh, I don't want to break up that series. Can I write you a whole new book? Can I write you a whole new series? They're like, yeah, you can write us a whole new series. Send us, you know, send us little, you know, blurbs of the books and little first chapter sample kind of things. So like literally less than a week after I signed with my agent, I'm like scrambling to do all this stuff. And she's like, okay, you got it. Are you good? Let me help you. And we're like working all this out. And then that's how Mile High Happiness came to be, you know, my agent and editor and I chatted about what would be best and so we took a book that I had pitched them created a whole new series out of it and that's how the Mile High Happiness series came to be that's such a good series that's how I found you I read I I read it out of order the first book that I read was The Roommate Problem no yes (laughs) it's it's so good so I mean you kind of you had to switch switch gears like how did you come up with the idea for the series um well it was a lot of chatting between uh my agent and my editor we were talking because they really liked the the best friend pregnancy trope for the first book they're like this is great so what should these women uh because we decided it was going to be three roommates um kind of a little a la golden girls because that's another one of my comfort shows love the golden girls <laughs> um currently re-watching that one right now um so we were thinking should they be teachers no not teachers eh. i'm like what about wedding planners are wedding planners in and they're like yeah wedding planners are in i'm like that's great and we should have him be a fireman because who doesn't love a sexy fireman, right? No. So, so that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of how that that one came to be. We're like, wedding planners, 
perfect because that's super romancy and love, you know, especially if they're wedding planners who are really bad at romance themselves. Like, yes. how fun is that? That's always like the most fun way to see it, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody who like romance is literally their day job and they're so unlucky in love. That's it's yeah, so fun. Absolutely. Well, your most recent series kicked off with The Wedding Dilemma, which the covers to the series are just smoking hot. So we got that one in May of 2021, The Wedding Dilemma. Yes. And then we got The Dating Dilemma in January of this mm-hmm. year. And a, what, what we saw online is that The Firefighter's Dilemma comes out this June. Tell our listeners what the series is about and what can we expect from book three. Yes, a little warning. It might be delayed a little bit past June, just but but I okay. promise it'll be worth it. Okay. <laughs> um, so the the Mile High Firefighters are a spinoff of the Mile High Happiness. Um, like I was saying, Finn in the first book, The Best Friend Problem, he's a firefighter. He works at Station 42. And um, so we're like, we should do the firefighters. I'm like, yes, we absolutely should do the firefighters. I think that'd be a great idea. So the first book, the first book is really funny because I like to call this series my meat disaster series because instead of meat cutes, they're meat disasters. Oh, especially book book two. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, So like in the first book, he comes to a call and the heroine is stuck in a plaster cast, which is actually, I got that from a Rescue 911 episode I watched like way back in the 90s. Oh, like, I, I remember that show. Yeah, I right? love those I shows. I love Rest of 911. So good. I'm like, that's hilarious. Because in the show, it was a sister doing it to her. Her pregnant sister was trying to get a belly cast and forgot. And the fireman came and the mom said, too bad my daughters aren't single. I'm like, but what if they were? <gasps> that's a great meat show. So that's how that meat disaster came to be. And then in the second one, she, uh, you know, confuses him for a stripper, which I think is a really fun really fun gag that it's yeah. just oh, my yeah. favorite you know when you're like a fireman's here oh it's my birthday come <laughs> on let's go and then of course the last book the firefighter dilemma uh is warden diaz who when i wrote the best friend problem the first book they were in there and my agent's like warden diaz are getting a book right and i'm like uh yeah if entangled wants a warden yeah. diaz book i will make it um i'm <laughs> Super excited for their book. It's going to be really fun. There's, you know, hijinks and sexy times in caves. I love, I love putting those just like unique situations, unique places. So I think this is my most unique one so far. But yes, it's going to be a lot of fun. Lots of banter in this one. You know, Ward and Diaz, they just love to push each other's buttons. So I'm I'm so excited. Love banter. You have one of the most fun author presences to follow on social media. You have over 54,000 followers on TikTok and were one of the first romance authors who saw, uh, we saw truly embrace the corner of that corner of social media. What inspired you to share your presence there? Um, one of my author friends, Julia Wolf, said, hey, guys, you need you need to get on this TikTok thing. It's super fun. And I'm like, TikTok? What? I'm too old for that. And then I checked it out. And I was like, wait, but this is really fun. This is like, this looks like a lot of fun. And so I joined and follow about a million cosplay accounts because I love them all. And they're all so talented. <laughs> and it's just... I. I feel like I finally have like a use for my theater degree. I'm like, look, mom, I'm using it. (laughs) I'm doing performing stuff. So it counts. And I just really think, um, at least with my TikTok, I try to be like really encouraging to other readers, to other authors. Uh, I 
a positive space, someplace that'll that'll make you smile, that'll make you mm-hmm. happy. You know, there's people on TikTok who are there for information, which is great. But I love being a person on there where you can go to my page and you always know you're going to get like a smile or a word of encouragement or a spicy book wreck. And I just, I really like being, uh, having that space be really positive and fun for, you know, for people to just go to and enjoy. And it's fun to, you know, talk about the stresses of author life in a humorous way, you know, and, uh, and encourage people to read. You know, I, I do say a lot, you know, all reading is valid, all writing is valid, because I totally believe that any type of reading, you know, ebooks, paperback, audiobooks, graphic novels, manga, newspapers, fanfic, it all counts. It all counts. So I like yeah. being a voice for that too. Well, I've been in those, like those clubhouse chats, um, just listening to authors and your name when people talk about TikTok is like for new authors or authors who have been <laughs> in the game for a while, but they haven't embraced it yet. It's always like, go follow Mariah Inkenman and just, just, just watch what she does. Are you planning the content or is it just like, huh, I really love this book. I should do a TikTok really quick on it. Or is it a combination of both? Definitely a combination of both. I mean, uh, some, Sometimes I'll spend like an hour or so making a TikTok. Usually those are the ones that get like zero views, of course. <laughs> the ones you spend, that tends like, to be the trend. <laughs> right? You spend 15 seconds and it blows up. Um, but yeah, usually I will like, I'll hear audios that I like and I'll save them. And if I have ideas for them, I'll write them down. And then when I get a chunk of time, I'll film a bunch to have in my drafts. Um, and, and sometimes if I just like an audio, I'll save it, which is why I have like 200 audios saved. I really need to go through (laughs) and unsave some of those. Um, but sometimes it's planned and sometimes it's just like off the cuff. Like I'll think of something or I'll hear something or I'll, you know, want to show off my bookshelf chair. Oh no, it's covered in my TikTok shirts. I forgot forgot to clean off the laundry chair well author life. i think it's fabulous yeah <laughs> i think it's fabulous <laughs> well if a reader was new to your bibliography like myself uh and you could only recommend one of your books as a good introduction which would it be i think definitely the wedding dilemma because that really okay. showcases the the like sass and spice and banter that is uh pretty universal in all my books and it's it's probably my favorite one. I love that one. <laughs> okay. Well, Excellent. before we get to writing questions, I want to ask, because I feel like we're seeing paranormal make a resurgence. As someone who's written it before, what advice do you have to aspiring paranormal writers? Man, paranormal is so fun. I actually have a paranormal... Uh work in progress right now that I'm working on that I just love. Um, Definitely with paranormal, you have to know your world. You have to know the rules of the world, the creatures of the world. Uh, Do the humans know about paranormal or not? Um, So it's really just about making sure you have your world down. Like with, you know, anything with historical or contemporary, you've got to research like where your characters are and the things of the time. But with paranormal, you get to make, you know, most of it up. Um, So you really want to make sure you have your world down and the rules down. And if you are borrowing mythology from other cultures, you have to be respectful. I would definitely recommend sensitivity readers um, and make sure just that you're, um, you're using mythology in a correct way and you're not harming anyone. Well, let's get into some writing questions. Early bird, midday dove, or night owl? What time of day do you prefer to write? I am an early bird. I used to be a night owl. I would have to wait till my kids went to sleep to write. So I'd be like an eight to midnight writer. Ooh, so exhausting. But now they're both in <laughs> school full time all day. Yay. 
Um, so yeah, I send them <laughs> off to school, then get all my writing done in the morning before lunch. It's it's great to have that done like first part of the day, get to relax the rest of the day. So definitely yeah. early. Break. Yeah. Are you a plotter or a pantser? Oh, I am a heavy, heavy plotter. This is the uh, the Mile High Firefighters book. I not only have like character sheets, but I plot out every scene, every single scene. And I will have like dialogue sometimes written down. I'll have a page for every scene. So my plots are usually between 30 and 40 notebook pages full. Except for the spicy no. scenes. I write one word and then I have a martini and then, then I then I do it. I don't plot those yeah. scenes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one word with a martini. Got it. That's right. <laughs> so are you setting daily writing daily writing goals? Yes. When I have a, a book due, whether I'm writing, editing, or plotting. I will usually make a, uh, a calendar and have my deadline. And then I will have how many chapters I need to do a day in order to reach that deadline. And I'll usually, um, I live with chronic illness. So I usually make false deadlines before my actual deadlines, uh, because okay. I know that sometimes I'll need those, those recovery days, those bounce days when I have pain flares and I can't get out of bed. So I like to do like a false deadline about two weeks before my actual deadline so that I have those, those bounce days in there, which I highly recommend to anyone who, uh, who struggles with chronic illness or a, a busy life in general. False deadlines are my favorite thing. Yeah. Like, if you, like future you will be grateful <laughs> that yes. you put that in there. Future oh. me loves past me for that. Not yeah. for other things. <laughs> <laughs> well, you find yourself stuck while writing a scene. Who do you call or what do you do? This is where future me hates past me. <laughs> um, so sometimes I will just skip it and I'll just put, you know, fix this later. And that's where future me is like, really? Thanks a lot. Yeah. Um, but I find like stepping away for a little bit, maybe like going on a walk with some music. I really find that talking things out with my spouse helps a lot. Although he says, he's like, we don't talk things out. I just sit there and listen while you go on a rant and figure it out in your brain. I'm like, I know, but yeah. that helps. That and helps, yeah. right? Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes he'll just sit there with his coffee while I'm just like pacing back and forth talking like, but she can't do this because then this is the plot hole and then this and then, oh, but what if she did this and then he did, oh, thank you. And he's like, yeah, glad I could help. Yeah. Yeah. Glad I could help. Good talk, babe. That's what I'm Good here talk. for. <laughs> That's what you're all day long for yeah whatever you need <laughs> well let's get into our round out questions what is one book you wish you could experience reading again for the first time oh man i i would love to read the hollow series again for the first time uh the kim harrison hollow series which is urban fantasy with with romance weaved in um i adored that series i love that those books they're so great and i just wish i could read them again for the first time and get that you know brand new like oh i can't believe this happened that's great yeah you decide you want takeout for dinner where do you order from and what's your order pho 95 chicken pho mm. <laughs> i love i love i could eat pho any anytime every, any day of the week every day yeah every day. it's oh it's so good <laughs> It's so good. And it's one of the rare meals that the whole family loves. 
So we can just get a couple big things of pho and we will all eat it and everybody's happy. We don't have to make like mac and cheese for the kids. It's great. Tell us one of the toughest pieces of advice you've ever received. The toughest piece of of advice, I think, um, Nicole Helm once in one of her workshops said, failure isn't fatal, which is hard to hear because when you fail, when you get rejections, you feel bad and you just want to quit. But it's it's only bad if you do quit. It's not going to stop mm-hmm. you unless you let it stop you. So you have to face those rejections, face that failure, get back up on your feet, think of a new plan, and and get back to work. Um, so even though you want to wallow and be sad and have a martini and cry, you can do that, but then get back to work. Yeah. 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 Well, knowing what you know now, what's something present you would tell past you at the beginning of your writing career? Uh, Get on social media earlier and make connections with other writers earlier. Like I was late to the game joining like the writing organizations and I'm like, nobody wants to hear about me until I have a book. Why would I join Twitter and all that stuff? No one, but that's not true. People love hearing about the process, about the journey. And if you start making those connections early, then when you do have a book to come out, it's going to be that much bigger and that much greater because you'll have readers who have come with you throughout the journey and they're so excited for you and they're so excited to finally read your book. And then, and making connections with other writers, getting writer friends that you can, you know, get feedback from, you know, share ideas with, share your successes and, and your failures with, commiserate with. It's just, it's the best and it's invaluable. So definitely join writers groups and definitely join uh, social media. Even if you don't have a book out yet, just talk about your journey. Start, start getting some readers, start getting some fans. Do that earlier. Wish I would have done that earlier. So like who are some of you know, your community that are like on this journey with you that you can reach out to or you help and vice versa? Oh, man. So, so many wonderful writer friends I've met. Allison Ashley. I love her. She lets me read arcs of her books. Denise Williams, just one of the most fantastic human beings alive. Fabulous writer. Fabulous. Amy Andrews, Avery Flynn, fantastic people. Lucy Eden, amazing. Um, I got to read an early copy of Jamie Wesley's upcoming book, Fake It Till You Bake It, uh, because it has dyslexia uh, rep in it. She's like, can you read this for me? I'm like, absolutely. So well done. Such a great book. I love her. I fangirl over her all the time. Uh, I will always do that, Jamie. So just get used to me always fangirling over you because I love you. So amazing. Um, Yeah, just so many and so many amazing writers I've met through TikTok too. Just uh, so I could talk for hours on all the amazing writer friends. Well, you did share a little bit about you have a paranormal that you're working on and we know we're getting book three in the series. Is there anything else you're working on or you've been thinking about that you can share with us? I can't share anything, but Stay tuned for June when really cool thing will be announced. Oh, gosh. Oh, all right. <laughs> okay. Well, you heard it here first. You really did. Cool <laughs> thing in June. So stay tuned for June. Right. Okay. <laughs> well, lastly, where can everyone follow you online? Um, I am on, obviously, TikTok the most. I'm on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, I'm just under at Mariah Ankeman. You can also go to my website, MariahAnkeman.com. Also, you know, BookBub, Goodreads, all over there. I think I have a Pinterest account that I rarely do anything with. Um, But yeah, just look up my name. I'm all over the place. 
but TikTok and Instagram the most for sure. Listeners, go check out Mariah's website. It is so stunning. And you can see all of her books in one place. They're all there. I also have a page on there for content warnings too. If anybody needs content warnings for books, that is on there as well. They're not in all my books um, because not all publishers do that. But just want to let readers know, even though I tend to write lighter, I do have them on there for anyone who needs them. Safe reading, everybody. Yes, yes. Well, thank you so much for your time and for hanging out with us today. This has been so incredible. We've been so excited. So thank you. Thank you for having me. It was wonderful. Listeners, make sure you check the show notes. We will have links to all the places where you can keep up with the Mariah Ankenman. We are going to have her back. We will persuade her (laughs) kicking and screaming until she comes back. And we'll also have links to all the places where you can get her books. So make sure you check the show notes and Aaron and I will chat with you in our next episode. Have a lovely day, everybody. Thank you for listening. Bye.